This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai. There's joy in every journey. And we're back. Another segment of this here episode of Inside Black and Gold. We are coming to you after the first full padded practice, almost real football. It was fun. So we got a lot to talk about. But this segment, we're going to go kind of back a little bit. We're going to backtrack to Saturday when Jimmy Graham talked to the media for the first time, talked for 17 minutes, which I don't know if that sounds like a lot to you, but it is for anybody. Yeah, and it is an insane amount of time for Jimmy Graham to talk to the media, yeah. a guy who I don't know yeah. if has talked to media for 17 minutes aggregate over the last four years. Um, so we're going to get into it. I'm Jeff Nowak. You can follow me on Twitter at Jeff underscore Nowak. He's Steve Geller. You can follow him at Steve Geller, WWL. You can follow the show inside black and gold on Twitter at Saints underscore pod give us a rating give us a review let us know what you think let us know what you'd like to hear we got a lot of ground to cover between now and the end of training camp so you know we're looking for ideas and uh we'll we'll, we will execute them poorly if you give them to us (laughs) so steve let's kind of let's kind of backtrack so what what is your initial impression of jimmy graham as he returns to the city as he kind of he's kind of a new look he looks slimmer um i don't know how they're going to use him, but I feel like red zone is likely. Uh, but what has your kind of read been on that situation to this point? Everything with Jimmy has obviously been a huge positive. The fans are excited. I know even a lot of players are excited to see him back here. The thing is he was uh, definitely immature in the locker room for the media, at least when we were around. You mentioned him talking 17 minutes to me. Yeah, that's that's unheralded for him. I just remember going back in the day, You'd be in the locker room, and all of a sudden, you'd see Jimmy open up the training room door and kind of peek his head out and smile at everybody and be like, oh, I'm not coming in there, and then leave kind of thing. But uh, I know Dennis Allen and Mickey Loomis addressed that as in their opening uh, that press conference were saying that he's, he's a more mature player nowadays, and hopefully that means more access to the media because it's not like he's not a good speaker. Uh, I just felt like he might have been an intimidated young player that didn't know what to say at the time kind of thing. I don't know. Uh, but uh, as far as a player nowadays, you know, I don't think that he's going to be this huge, massive target or guy that's going to, you know, get a ton of catches for this team. But I do think he is still a huge, valuable weapon inside the red zone because of the fact he's big and physical and knows how to use it. I mean, we've seen that in the past, and that's that hasn't gone away from him. And with a quarterback like Derek Carr, there, there's a lot of hope in the fact that I think a five, six touchdown season really isn't out of the question. He can still dunk, too. <laughs> we don't want to see any penalties for that, though. 
It feels amazing to be back home. You know, uh, uh, just really driving up to this facility on Monday uh, brought back beyond uh, beautiful moments for me. Um, you know, not only um, you know here in this here in this building, but you know here in the city. You know, uh, I became a man in this city, and um, it meant everything to me to play for this city. Um, and so to come back here and and to be able to you know get all those uh, amazing memories, amazing wins, amazing people, um, amazing fans is 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 truly special and. Um, you know, it made me pretty emotional, you know, Monday, Tuesday, you know, just to be able to be back here. And then obviously um, to be able to put my jersey back on, you know, it's, it's, uh, you know, words can't describe, you know, what it feels like to be gone, you know, for that long, you know, from something that you love, um, from the people that you love. So, uh, you know, I'm fired up. What was your reaction? It's really kind of an emotional story when you think about it. Like Jimmy Graham kind of grew up abandoned, right? Like, and, and obviously he was, he was adopted, but he, he grew up in a group home and it was, you know, there was a lot of stories about how it was not a good situation. And so he kind of treated new Orleans like his home. Like he talked about drew Brees, like his older brother. And then he wakes up one morning and he's traded. Um, and right. it, it's really, it really is. It kind of hits you right in the feels when you think about it. Cause it's like, he kind of felt abandoned by the team that, you know, he, he had made a home with, and it's not, not that unlike what happened to him as a child. And, um, and I think that's part of the reason he wanted to come back so badly. And, you know, he talked about how he, he had told his agent, you know, he was, he'd come back and play for the saints. Otherwise that's it. You know, I'm, I'm not going and playing for another team. There had been teams that had called him up playoff caliber teams and, he was not interested last year. He spent the year off. He says he feels as good as he ever has. He's he focused on his body last year. I think everyone's going to say that, you know, who knows? Like I'm pretty sure Kiko Alonso would have said that last year, but you know, I, I think that a year off kind of to, to kind of lick wounds and kind of get better when f- deal with any aches and pains that have been lingering, especially for a 36 year old dude is helpful. Um, he said he's been trying to come home for a long time. I don't know how hard, he has been trying in terms of he probably could have resigned here a few years ago. He ended up going to the Packers last year. They had talks. He and Mickey, maybe they couldn't agree on a deal, whatever. He's back now. And, you know, I've said this a few times. I don't think he comes back without at least some reasonable idea of what his role would be and that there would be a role for him. And I said this on WWL this morning. I think it's more like there is a question as to whether he makes the roster. But he's not a camp body in the sense that they're bringing in somebody just to just to compete with the idea that they're probably going to get cut. I think he has a chance to be a camp body, but only if he shows that his physically he can't hack it anymore. And from what I have seen over the last few days, that's not the case. He can physically do it. Uh, so I, I fully expect him to make this roster, barring any injuries, barring anything unfortunate. Um, but I, I think it's a really cool story, and we'll get into more about the trade, but. Um, I think that's what the point that he really wanted to drive home is like, this is where he grew up. Like this is where he, he, he kind of became a man as he put it and coming back to be leader that drew was to him, to the younger guys, like the Juwan Johnson, who calls him master splinter. I think that's really cool for him and it's something he wanted to do. And we should all feel fortunate that we get to see it play out. Yeah. And I think the first day in pads, we really saw how excited Jimmy is to yeah. be back. Unfortunately, poor Troy Pride, though. 
Was that Troy Pride? I was trying to, I didn't yeah, yeah, write it, it down. <laughs> uh, because yeah, I was, I had it in my notes that he just bull rushed a dude. Um, and he didn't have to. Like he chose to do that. Yes. Uh, he just caught a pass into the flat, turned up field and just lowered his shoulder and took out Troy Pride, which, yeah, I, I saw it happen right in front of me, but I didn't, I didn't clock the number because he was plastered on the ground. I drew a pretty big cheer from the fans. Every every time he catches a ball, the fans cheer. And I appreciated that because, again, this is a 36-year-old, and I think that's probably just like a moment where it's like, okay, I'm going to see what happens here. <laughs> and, and he did it. Uh, that, that's a good note. I, I appreciate you brought that up. No, it, it was like like exactly what you said. He's like, you know what? It's first day in pads. Sorry, guy. I'm going to make an example out of you right now because I can. <laughs> yes, that's exactly what happened. Like, yeah, you, you're wrong place, wrong time, buddy. Uh, here's all full six seven two sixty in your chest. Um, you know, and we talked to Troy Pride uh, yesterday. No, not yesterday, Saturday. And uh, I actually, you know, Troy Pride has had a really good camp. I, I enjoyed talking to him. So he, uh, so I covered high school sports in South Carolina when he was at Greer in South Carolina, and Brian Edwards was in Conway. And I was asking him about how if he ever played against Brian in high school. I didn't think he did, and he said no because because Brian wussed out and didn't play in the Shrine Bowl. Uh, and he was bummed because he was like one of the top DBs and Brian was a top wide receiver and they didn't get a match anyway. But yeah, Troy Pride, uh, he still got pride, but not, not it's maybe, maybe got dinged a little bit on that play. But yeah, so let's get into the trade. Now, there's a few elements of this trade that I think are worth talking about. The first being, he did not see it coming whatsoever. And that's from what he said. You know, yeah. um, there are a lot of storylines that went around in terms of that. But one thing that I didn't realize, but now makes a lot of sense. He stopped talking to the media after being sent out to Seattle. And I don't know if maybe Marshawn Lynch not talking to the media played a factor here. It seems like an odd coincidence that both those guys ended up on the same roster and neither is willing to talk to the media and neither of them influenced each other, but whatever. He just stopped talking to the media and you get fined for that. Like if you refuse, outright refuse to talk to right. the media. And, you know, just on a whim, I looked in YouTube and I searched Jimmy Graham interview and you'll find clips of him doing interviews. They're from the Saints days. They're from eight, nine years ago. I did find one interview that he did after a post-game interview when he was with the Seahawks and he was wearing full pads and jersey. And you don't see guys wearing full pads and jerseys in post-game interviews. So they must have just grabbed him off the field and said, Jimmy, get out there. I think he caught a touchdown. He had a big game. So it was like, what, what, what do you got to lose here? Like, just do a freaking interview. Like, I, I can't – I've never – in the time I've spent covering this Saints team, I have not seen a player do a, do a post-game interview in pads. So it's just kind of – like, I think that's just a, like he's if – you, if he had time to change out of his pads, he would have run away. Because he just cho- did not want to do interviews, and I th- and it was because he just didn't feel like he felt abandoned. He did, was not in a good headspace, and he had nothing positive to say. So he focused on football, and you know I, I think it's like it really is sad. You think back to the how good he was and how how important of a piece he was to those teams, and and just suddenly he's shipped out to Seattle, and he doesn't is just you know doesn't know any better. I totally had forgotten about the part where you had mentioned, you know, obviously his childhood and, you know, being adopted kind of thing. And yeah, that, that just brutal to be brought in, you know, to your new home, this Saints 
uh, squad here. And he even talked about, I remember something to the fact that he never wanted to play with another quarterback besides Drew Brees kind of thing. And obviously that, that didn't turn out to be, but yeah, for whatever reason, like I mentioned before, even hearing, you know, the, the fact of him not doing interviews in Seattle, Seattle, but he, he's never been a big talk to the no. media guy. So that might've just helped add to that. Like after the trade was like, well, I've definitely got nothing good to say anymore. So I'm shutting it down completely. I, I think you're hundred percent right. Like he was already a non talkative person. He didn't want yeah. to do the media anyway. And that was just an excuse to not do it, but he was, he was risking fines. He did not care. And so here, here's his full kind of answer about the trade. Cause I think it's, I think it's worth listening to. Um, it's a longer clip, but uh, I just figured we could just listen to the whole thing and then never really talked about it. You know, I, you know, for me, it was pretty shocking, honestly. Um, you know, I, uh, you know, I thought I would never leave this place, and and uh, you know, obviously, it's you know, it's a business. You know, this league's a business, and um, you know, I woke up to the part of the business you know that hurts. You know, so for for me, it was it was very difficult, but I didn't know I was going to a Super Bowl contender, and you know, I know I had the opportunity to you know to possibly make a run at a ring, and and you know, that's always been a goal for me, and and uh, but you know, definitely moving across the country was a little different, and and. Uh, um, but at first, yeah, it was it was very difficult because, um, you know, because my my connection with Drew, um, you know, as a as an older brother and and all the people in this building, you know, it, it was a you know it was a family, you know, and and uh, you know, so for me, you know, a guy that doesn't have a lot of family, um, you know, it was it was definitely a, a difficult time for me. Was it something you possibly saw coming, or was it total shock? Yeah, it was total shock for me. Um, you know, I mean, I never imagined being anywhere else, so definitely a shock. Jimmy, How long did it come to that realization that that was just part of the business and that you were able to, to get past some of those initial feelings? Well, um, it took me a little bit for sure. <laughs> um, you know, I mean, I've always been an emotional uh, per, uh, player. You know, I, I think I've always kind of wore my, wore my heart on my sleeve. And, and you know, after leaving here, um, I basically stopped doing interviews. <laughs> um, and that was, kind of, you know, that was kind of one of the reasons, you know, I mean, I didn't really have a lot to say that was positive, you know, I mean, it, at the time it really hurt. Um, and it was really difficult for me. So, you know, I just focused on at the time, um, you know, just being a good teammate and, and, you know, committing to the place I was at, you know, into that scheme and, you know, to, um, you know, to learning to fit into a, a team that was great. You know, I mean, a team that, you know, had the Legion of Boom, Marshawn Lynch, uh, unbelievable, you know, explosive offense. Um, you know, Russell Wilson and, and um, you know, had a great title room. So, you know, for me, it was it was really just trying to focus on that. But, you know, that's that's kind of one of the bigger reasons, I guess, I, I started getting in trouble with the media a little bit. I, I genuinely didn't know what to say. And, 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 you know, I just didn't want to be bothered with it, honestly. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. I, I just think it's it's a it's really that was a fascinating answer. And again, he's never talked about that trade before, which is crazy. People also I, I also hear like 
Well, the Saints won that trade, and maybe they did. Max Unger was very good. They blew the draft pick on Stephon Anthony, but Max sure. Unger, I think, was good enough that you kind of look at it and say, okay, would they have been better off with Jimmy Graham? Jimmy did not have any more ascendant seasons, right? But he did have a 10-touchdown season in Seattle. He had one season where he had 65 catches, 923 yards, and and six touchdowns, which for a tight end, that's a pretty good season, right? So it's not like he was a scrub. And you also look at what the Saints went through. I mean, we can pretend that they were great. They were not. They had seven and nine seasons after trading Jimmy Graham, right? You talk about two, you know, post-Jimmy Graham. What I think of right away is Kobe Kobe Fleener being brought in. Oh, man, that was terrible. Right? They've been trying to find a tight end ever since Jimmy Graham. I think people people like to gripe about Jared Cook. Jared Cook is the best tight end they've had since Jimmy Graham. And Jared Cook had... (laughs) Solid one solid season and then a kind of eh, the ball security is what people remember. But I mean Ben Watson that, was that, solid, uh, but he ben wasn't Watson any was okay. Right, right. He was a he good was all-around guy. He was what he if the Saints get out of Jimmy Graham, what they get out of Ben Watson, they will be thrilled. Yeah. But I mean that's like Agreed. 40 catches, 300 yards, two, three touchdowns, right? But either way, like the idea that they won that trade. Because Max Unger was was good. I don't know. Because the team didn't do well. <laughs> and you can blame it on the defense and you should blame it on the defense. But either way, they didn't get better for trading Jimmy Graham. They had a chance and they blew the draft pick. Yeah. But um, the one more thing that I want to get into, and Bobby brought this up, and I'm glad he did, because I think that it was worth clearing the air on it, is the whole like wanting to be paid as a wide receiver thing. And this is I'm not even gonna summarize. This is what uh, this is what he had to say about it. I think that also kind of pissed me off because you know that's 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 not really what I wanted. You know, uh, I just didn't want to be franchised. Yeah, you know, it's it's you know it's hard to play uh, in the middle of the field in this league. You know, and and back then at that franchise tag, it just it made no sense. I was like, well, I just want a longer deal, and that's what that was about. It was about fighting that, and you know, um, making sure that you know I could take care of myself in case something crazy happened. So that's all that was about. Jimmy, were you saying that? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Just, just the issue in general. You know, it kind of got blown out of proportion. Everybody was like, "He wants to be a and it has nothing to do with that. I just don't want to be franchised. You know, I mean, uh, at the time, you know, I had played, I played, I played my rookie deal out. You know, and and you know, I never asked for a dollar. And um, you know, um, a lot of guys had taken early deals, and I never did. Uh, you know, I just played with it and and so I expected that and but you know that's all history now you know I um you know that was that was a long time ago and a few contracts ago so um you know I'm just personally happy to be back you know happy to happy to be have you know this opportunity to work with you know um such an unbelievable room a diverse room um uh you know it's awesome to to really sit down and talk with Carr you know just realize what type of man he is what type of person he is um, and then, and then, to see how much talent's on this team, you know, to see how many players that that this team has and the team that's been built here is 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 unbelievable, you know. Uh, you know, so much talent on both sides of the ball, and, and you know, just excited to see it and um, you know, spread some of my knowledge and some of the things that I've learned throughout my career. Jimmy's great with the media. 
<laughs> yeah. Well, that's the thing. You would never know any better if you only listened to that interview and it's 17 minutes long. You're like, wow, well, right. this guy loves to talk. Very um, heartfelt. Yeah. You felt it was personal and there was no player speak, you know, uh, kind of, you know, run of the mill yearbook answers he was given. It was definitely from the heart and all, all this stuff, you know, hearing it again, uh, really, it was an emotional journey for this guy. You feel that. It was a lot of stuff that you can tell he has been wanting to say for a Get long off, time. Right. Yeah. Um, and he had to come back here to do it because why would you ask him all these questions in Seattle and in Green Bay and in Chicago? Um, but, you know, the franchise tag stuff sound familiar, <laughs> right? Do you not see like everything happening now with the running backs and then understand that that's what the, the battle Jimmy Graham was fighting five year, or eight years ago? You want to know what his stats were, his average stats for the three years before they tried to franchise? He averaged 85 catches for 1,028 yards and double-digit touchdowns, like a 12 and a half touchdowns a season. That were Those were his, his averages right. per season for three <laughs> consecutive years, and then the Saints would not give him a multi-year deal? Yeah, that would annoy me too. And, it, and I think like the the idea is like, well, why, if you're going to franchise me, at least do it as a wide receiver. That's the part that people that people really latched onto, and so that's yeah. what people remember. But like you said, that pisses them off because that's not what it was about. It was about the same thing that running backs are bad about right now, which is like you're not going to. I mean, I'm risking life and limb every time I go over the middle of the field and someone dives at my legs because that's the only way they can tackle me. And you're not even willing to give me a multi-year deal after all of this, after I played out my rookie deal and did not once come to you and say, you better freaking pay me. <laughs> I can understand it. I can understand it. And again, the way he looked at this team was it's a family, right? And then all of a sudden they weren't, they weren't going to pay him. And, and so he stood up for that and then he got traded. And, you know, I, I, it's really hard to, to disagree with Jimmy in this, you know, because I think we've gotten more player forward over the last decade in pro football and for good reasons. And I think if that happened today, say if it was like Travis Kelsey and you were just like, yeah, of course they're going to pay him. Anyway, I, I think that's a really interesting uh, point to all this. Yeah. And I definitely was one of those two that all, what stuck into my brain was definitely that Jimmy Graham wants to be paid like a wide receiver, not a tight end. It wasn't that yep. he didn't want the franchise tag. Yeah, and I don't think that ever got talked about. It was all just like, wow, he just wants more money. Anyway, <laughs> so let's let's move forward a little bit to just, okay, what are the expectations now, right? So one thing he talked about was that he's gone from about 285 to about 260, and he called himself a meathead when he was here before. He worked out with John Lamont a lot, and he was just eating weights and getting heavy and getting big. And he talked to Tony Gonzalez, a guy who obviously played for a long time at tight end and is one of the best to ever do it. And on his advice, he slimmed down. And he, in his year off, he said he was biking hundreds of miles a week. He's in the best cardio shape of his life. And that's all by design. He's still going to be 6'7". He's still 260. But taking some of that, that poundage off and really working on his body has allowed him to, to be in really good shape this late in his career. Um, and so I think that's a factor, right? When you're trying to figure out, okay, can he still get this done? Yes, but we have to be careful. We have to be cognizant of, of who he is and where he is in his career as we do it. I think one of the things that will fascinate me is if they just kind of work a Taysom Hill set here where they kind of are in tandem for, for some reps and you get Taysom Hill, a guy who forces the defense to come up and play up at the line 
And then Jimmy Graham, a six, seven guy who can get downfield and catch a jump ball. I think that could work, you know? And I don't know if that works the same with Juwan Johnson. I think you do want to give him rest when you can. I don't think if it works the same with Foster Morrow, they're neither of those guys are big. I mean, they're, they're big, but they're not tall. They're not long. So I think that would work. And so I think that's the type of way you need to think about Jimmy Graham in this offense. And the fact that he's been able to come in in really good shape, I think that that helps. You know, there, there was a time that Jimmy Graham and Rob Gronkowski were, were being mentioned in the same sentence. Obviously, that's Gronk's gone and, and Jimmy's on the downslope of his career. But that ability, that tough uh, being able to go up for a catch, uh, make that physical play and come down with it is something that's still ingrained with him. He's still got the big the size where he might not be as uh, heavy anymore, but he's still tall enough. Uh, and he's got those basketball skills, which we always heard about in every single NFL broadcast that he used to be a basketball player before coming to, you know, to football. So that's what I just want to see more of. And I think that Derek Carr and, you know, maybe uh, Taysom too can be that guy to, to get him the ball come the red zone. I, yeah, I'd be very interested to see you think QB power runs coming and all of a sudden Taysom lofts one, you know, 50-50 ball up in the end zone for Jimmy Graham to come down with. Who's to say right. that would I- work? I think it would work. <laughs> if he can throw touchdowns to Adam Troutman, he can throw touchdowns to Jimmy Graham. Yeah, and uh, he says he thinks he could probably dunk until he's 50, and I believe him. Uh, he doesn't have to get very high off the ground. And I don't think he can get very high off the ground anymore. But either way, like I said, I'm, I'm excited to watch it play out. And I, I, I feel like there's a, there's a big contingent of Saints fans, maybe not a big contingent, but there is a contingent of Saints fans who want to be right so badly that they're rooting for Jimmy to fail. Um, and for him to be a camp body because they predicted him as a camp body. And to just just enjoy the ride, guys. I mean, he could do nothing and and what's the worst case scenario that he's a good that he's a good influence on Juwan Johnson and Foster Morrow and these guys and these young players? I mean, great, right? Like that's that's part of the reason you brought him in. It's and then if he gives you anything and we get to watch him score another touchdown in a Saints jersey, Fantastic. Anyway, I, it's fun. Enjoy the ride. This is going. This this will hopefully be a fun season, and hopefully Jimmy is a big part of that, or at least a part that you're going to talk about uh, by the end of it. That's, yeah, that's all. I have to say. There's so many great storylines, obviously, around this team this year. But yeah, the the added Jimmy one coming in late now. That's like added Lanyap right there. Yeah. And yeah, I agree with you. Have fun with it. We're not saying he's going to be Pro Bowl Jimmy Graham this season, but he could definitely be a factor in the red zone where he's a problem. And I I think that's key, especially for a team that had problems getting into the the end zone last season. Look at Gronk in 2020. Man. (laughs) Another guy who came out of retirement. Yes, there you go. And did not have his full arsenal, but was still useful. Still had a big role on that Bucks team that won a Super Bowl. And I'm not saying the Saints are going to win a Super Bowl because they have Jimmy Graham, but like that's the type of situation that you're in, right? It's it's not that different. Anyway, let's this went on for a while. I think we got to the got to the, the you know the the point there, which is stop being mean to Jimmy. Let, let's let's just all just root for Jimmy and see. I, I think the I think for the most part though, like there's a ton of obviously Graham fans happy he's back. Oh, there's yeah. I, I say that's why Dusting I didn't out those jerseys out the closet. The vast majority <laughs> of Saints fans are very excited as they should be, and I'm just overreacting to like seven people on Twitter. <laughs> there you go, right? Those those cranky folks. 
I mean, you go out to Saints camp and every time he moves two feet in any direction, it's like, ah! And I love it. I love it. I, I do love the fans when they're out there. It's so much more fun to cover those practices when the fans are out there. But all right, let's close out that segment. We went on deep on Jimmy Graham and we'll get to talk to him more. Let's close that out and we'll come back and we'll talk a little bit about Mike Thomas and what we've seen from him and why I think he's, his role in this offense is so important for, for a lot of reasons you might not even realize. Um, this is Inside Black Gold. I'm Jeff Nowak. Follow me on Twitter at Jeff underscore Nowak. He's Steve Geller. Steve Geller, WWL. We're getting ready for one more segment of Inside Black and Gold, and then Steve's going to run away and go on the radio like a good worker bee that he is. But all right, keep it locked on Inside Black and Gold. <laughs>